0: Hello everybody and welcome, all thanks to LD Mobile. This is NBL Overtime. He's Homicide, he's Liam. I don't really care to be fair because we live in Melbourne. (laughs) Right now, things are starting to get a little looser. We're legally allowed to go out and have some fun. Hello to everyone around the country. We will get to plenty of NBL chat, but boys, it just, I don't know if it's the fact that it feels like we look like we're getting closer to an NBL season when the restrictions and we're all starting to beat this thing together. I feel a hell of a lot better
1: today than I have in a number of months. Hello to you. How's it going, man? I feel similarly. Yeah, I feel rude. similarly. It's, uh, I got my donut. I'm ready to, I'm ready to get on hey, the bit. Two in a row. <laughs> two days in a row. National Donut Day
0: yesterday and today. Homicide, hello to you. You still haven't got the print, but I'm going to forgive you this week. It's a good day.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a good day. Restrictions have been loosened up mm-hmm. and um, we'll get to some sort of normalcy.
0: Now, this is where we're going to start. We're going to, there's plenty to get into. Brian Gorgian's going to join us. But the very fact is that Dan Andrews, the Victorian Premier yesterday, essentially spoke about, it was a question from a journalist, straight up, opened it, can we get on the beers? And the Premier then said he's going to go a little top shelf. But here at NBL Overtime, our budget's a little lower. So beers is where we start. And it got me thinking, boys. Out of all the NBL players in the history of the NBL, from one game to 600... Hashtag NBL overtime. If you're at home right now at NBL, let me know who's the one NBL player you want to have a beer with. Right now, one player, the first player that comes to mind, Liam Marie, Who
1: is it? I want to see my man, Tommy Greer. Oh, you are die, I want to see my guy and, and have a beer with my guy. But if, if you want me to go further afield than that, and I hope I don't steal a name Corey might throw out there because he's a former teammate of his. Okay. I've never had and would love to have a beer at some stage with Rusty Hinder. That's a guy who I think, you know, a couple of snake pit lagers, yep. be a good laugh.
0: Yeah, I, we're going to get to something else that I've been brewing in my mind. I'm excited. I've got so many different things rolling through my mind right now. He's going to come up in a split second. I, and I, and I like, this is what I like. People and of course, plenty of people who watch NBL overtime don't live in Victoria, don't live in Melbourne, don't understand. They've had some freedom, although it hasn't been you know the norm, normal twenty twenty as I know. But get on the beers. We're we'll allowed to go have a beer. Oh, I'm psyched. I like that. I like your way of which you're thought about it too, because you're of course best mates with Tommy Greer. so you've got that connection you haven't been able to have, and you've been able to use the loophole. Homicide, have you got someone?
2: Steve Carfino. That's my guy. That's one of my OGs out here. I'd love to sit down and have a beer with him.
0: Well, we kind of got to have a virtual beer with Steve Carfino, Liam and I, this year. We did NBL Rewind, and he joined us. We were talking so much about Hobart and Tazzy. And, of course, he's wonderful. Oh, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great suggestion.
1: Right. He is one of the all-time great yep. conversationalists, Steve Carfino. We know what he can do on the floor and mm-hmm. commentating, singing, multi-talented dude, but... He's a guy you can just chat to for ages.
0: See, for me, Stephen Jackson. <laughs> I know he wasn't here for a long time, and it was so early in his career. He was, yep. I'm not going to say the original next star, mm-hmm. but he was also, it was the premise of it. He breaks his foot. It was an insanely talented Sydney team, but it didn't really work. He ends back in the NBA, and there's been a hell of a lot of ups, a lot of downs, as, as we know. But to sit back with Stephen Jackson and, and have a chat with him, and also to get his thoughts on the MBL and how it crafted him because uh, Shane Hill told Liam and I on MBL Rewind that he thinks that the way that things worked out for Stephen Jackson while it was a negative at the time it might have built him for something much better and successful career so Stephen Jackson for me hell of a lot going on as well but then it got me thinking you're always thinking let's put together an all MBL barbecue team so you've got to put together huh? Five guys from the history of the NBL to come to your place. You don't have to cook. You can have a catered if you want, if you're not great on their tools. But you have the five all-NBL barbecue team.
1: You're feeling social.
0: You know what? This is the weird thing about me, Liam. You've known me 20 years. I'm not a sociable guy. But this is what (laughs) 2020 has done. It's made me crave hanging out with people. And you know what? Maybe people want to hang out with me. Unlikely, but it, you can know, <laughs> <you keep> dream. <laughs> have you got an all NBL barbecue team, Harvardside, or have you got at least some people you'd like to invite?
2: I got an all NBL barbecue team. Let's go. CJ Bruton. Cal Bruton. I'm sorry, not CJ, but Cal Bruton. Oh, oh. oh so, no. sorry, Brutin. CJ. Not CJ. He ain't old enough. I want the OGs. I want OGs. In not
1: old. invited. No, CJ no, no.
2: can. I want the OGs. I want the o heads. I want the old. Heads. CJ can drop his dad off, but he yeah, can't. I come in. I don't want you, CJ. <laughs> no. All right, we getting Cal Bruton. I want the chairman of the boards, Mark Davis. Ooh. Yeah, I want Ben Simmons Senior. Mm-hmm. I want Amazing Grace and I want DMAC mm. because I want to listen to their transition after the game and what made all of them mm-hmm. who played a huge part in the NBL, what made them come to live in Australia and mm-hmm. talk about their experiences in the
1: country. That would be a fun barbecue. That would be that would need to be like an hour long special. We yeah. need to get a camera in there and no doubt. That reminds me of like LeBron and his guys in the barber shop. Just would be great stories. See, I I, I call that the MBL Hall of Fame dinner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, you want to hang with these dudes? Just put on a Hall of Fame barbecue. And that's it. Like, you have you've been able to find the OG. I love it. Hashtag MBL overtime. Let us know who you're inviting to a barbecue and give us five maximum of five. Unless you got burner accounts and give us a couple of others. Where are you <laughs> starting,
1: Liam? All right. I'm a, I didn't quite do my homework to the extent that, mm-hmm. that Corey did. Um, I'm going to go five, but I've got another guy that's on the tools. Oh, no. Come on, mate. <laughs> no, no. On the tools. <laughs> no, no. oh, so you're inviting someone over to cook. Okay. I'll yeah. grant you that. Loop but I, I need Mitch Creek turning the snacks. Yeah, fair enough. Absolute lad. Be great at the barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I want the dynamic duo of Drewy and Copes because there's just no two blokes that are better to spend time with. Just let them yeah. go and, and, and off you go. If you haven't listened to their podcast, make sure you're all over it. Um, and then I want, and I've, I've always wanted this. So this is my opportunity to kind of create this and make this happen. I want Brian Gorgian, Bruce Palmer, and Al Westover. I want all three of those fellas there Kick them back, having some some snags and shooting the shit. Jeez, yet again. That's a Hall of
0: Fame dinner. <laughs> right there. So I've gone a little differently with some of mine. And I want to give a big a, a, a huge apology. Because I've thought a little bit differently. I've thought outside the square because we have in the last couple of years the privilege of been hanging out with some of these legends. So, mm. you know, Andrew Gaze, Shane Heal. Chris Anstey, those type of guys, we get to talk to a little bit. So when it comes Mm. to the All-NBL barbecue crew, I want people coming over that I've never hung out with before. Mm -hmm. All right? I had Rusty Hinder, and I've never met any of these people, okay? I had Rusty Hinder in my All-NBL barbecue team. Yeah, he jumps off the page. Because I want to know if the story is true, where he was riding a bike to Townsville practice, and a snake went to attack his bike and pierced his wheel. On his bicycle. I've been told that story. It is one of the most remarkable stories of all time. I don't know if that's true. Okay. So he's riding his bike. Pss, put a puncher <laughs> in his bike. That's what I've been told. I have no idea. Leon Trimmingham, mm. who in my mind is the best dunker that's ever played in the NBL. Okay. In there
1: so you can tell him that.
0: Yeah. Well, true. True. He's going to be more likely to come over to be complimented. Uh, Ray Gordon. <laughs> oh. If you're Ray, T- uh, Ray Gordon or a Tigers fan the 90s, like he just he's like, the intensity. I like that Corey finds that funny. <laughs> he,
2: no, he said that, you know, he's more likely to come if He's going to be
0: complimented. That's true. That's true. If you're going to say nice things about someone, they're going to come to your house. So if
1: Ray Gordon's there, then he's Paki invited as well?
0: Well, I would like that. Uh, for them to break bread and, and to sit there and have a chat. And then, Maybe find the video of that infamous Knox preseason game back in the early 90s and they can talk you through it. Um, and and then Kelvin Telford, and of course Tazzy and obviously what's happening, because I, I think that both Leon Trimmingham and Kelvin Telford would believe they are the greatest ever dunkers in the NBL. Uh-huh. So I would bring Trimmingham and Telford to the barbecue. And then I, while we were there, a very good mate of mine, Brett Rainbow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who uh, I played along basketball with, and and he, he literally nearly killed me talking barbecues and 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 beers. I would then Facetime Brett Rainbow because he famously robbed both Trimmingham and Telford of a dunk contest in 1995 because El McFeast gave him a ten with a blindfold that he could see through.
1: <laughs> so you wanted I wanted to bring the trophy.
0: I wanted to bring the trophy, and then for Trimmingham and Telford
1: to say to Rainbow, "You shouldn't have won it," and where's the trophy? Wow. Eclectic mix. At yeah. Nob. I'm going to say, Corey and my barbecues are going to be more fun. <clears throat>
0: no, but you know what? You you guys are just put together a hall of fame dinner. You know, we're going to we're going to have a we're going to have an NBL shindig in the next couple of years mm. when we get back to normality, and all those legends will be there, either accepting awards or handing out awards or signing autographs and just shaking hands because they're all legends. Mm. I'm I'm bringing a
1: different feel to my barbecue, which kind of gives... Any insights on my personality? I'm probably going to get Scott Nennis to um, to cater the, uh, bring some fine wines from the Barossa for my oh. barbie. We, we go one step further. Darren Lucas,
0: of course, Scott Nennis and Darren is Lucas. Is in charge of transport? He's got the party bus. <laughs> <laughs> party bus. <laughs> well, look, this is, the, and to be honest. We're feeling good. We are. We are. <laughs> this is limitless. And this is what we want you to do at home. You could be the first person you invite around for a beer. You could be put to getting your all-NBL barbecue team, your all-NBL party bus, whatever you want to do. Of course, we are feeling a bit better as we hopefully can get back to some type of normality. It's happening slowly but surely. And to be honest, boys, it, it does feel, as I touched in off the top, it does feel like we're getting closer to an NBL season. We're all cooped up in our houses and we can't go further than 5Ks or we can't see family we can't get out and shoot a hoop even if you're 40 year old and just the way you like to do it just feels almost unrealistic and unattainable. and it feels in the last couple of days with victoria finally as we've all been in this together getting our collective act together it feels like the nbl season's getting closer so there's that cherry on top as well yeah you know what adds being able to live it
1: what adds to that feeling sorry cam is um Uh, getting a really strong sense that all these teams are out on their practice floor. Yeah. No, but not all the rosters are complete. We know that there's some import spots and the like to fill, but, and we don't have everybody here, but they're out on the floor. We're seeing some footage. We're seeing some photos. We're hearing about who's, you know, looking good out there on the floor. We've even got a couple of practice games, preseason games, not too far around the corner with Adelaide and Brisbane coming together. So, uh, you're right, getting a strong sense that things are starting to pick up and we await word from the NBL, further word about um, how the season's going to look and when exactly it's going to tip off.
0: It, there's no doubt, Homicide, it, it, it's, it's getting more exciting. We, we've been through this. We've been through a huge off-season. There was no Summer League this year, of course. There's no NBL 1. And, and while I'm not saying it's been hard for us because we get to love talking hoops, it, it's interesting when you mention the clubs and the franchises because they've all gone about it in different ways. Some have had their rosters set and they're ready to get into this thing. Others have been sitting back and waiting. And I just like the different approaches and dynamics, the whole field towards it in which these teams have approached it.
2: I just like the fact that we are now done with restrictions, okay, in our state, which is Victoria. Now, Melbourne United, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix can move forward with their preparations for the next season. And that's it, you know, let's get this thing going. Let's get back to some sort of, again, normalcy. I am hoping that everybody plays their part and does the right thing. You know, I've never been in prison, but I felt like we were just, we were in prison, but free. Moments were limited, which means people, when they come out of captivity, what will they do? Most people do, go nuts. <laughs> so let's just hope that everyone continues to be responsible yeah. so we're not in this situation a couple weeks or a month or two down the road. That's the, th- that's the last thing we want. And that's the reality of the situation. People need to continue to be responsible.
0: Hashtag NBL Overtime to get involved. At NBL, wherever you might be around the country, very well said, boys, as we hopefully get back to normality, both in your everyday life, your work life, your personal life, your socialising, and, of course, the NBL life, in which we all love, if it's media, if it's fans, whatever it might be, players, big shout-out to you guys as you uh, get ready. We, we, we see the WNBL clubs are now up in far north Queensland, so they start their season in a couple of weeks' time. So there will be basketball to watch and hopefully an announcement sooner rather than later when it comes to the start of the NBL season. Let's get into a little bit of news because we, we, we spoke last week about Will Weaver. High, high, high on the list of, uh, I guess, priorities or a list of, of possible incoming coaches and around a couple of NBA franchises. But Liam Santa Maria, one of those has been filled in the last couple of days.
1: Yes, Stan Van Gundy uh, hired by the New Orleans Pelicans. Great hire. Um, I'm sad that we're going to miss out hearing him further in the commentary booth. I enjoyed listening to his great. analysis, but um, yeah, he's a, he's a great pickup. Um, and once he kind of, you know, got in the mix there at New Orleans, I feel like we all thought that that he was going to be their guy, um, a highly respected coach. And that takes one of those jobs off the table for Will Weaver. Um, I mentioned last week his, in, his involvement in the process with Oklahoma City uh, there's been no further word in that regard. So um, we wait to see how that plays out. But um, look, I don't think there's any shame in, in missing out on a head coaching position to Stan Van Gundy. And, mm-hmm. and like I've said previously, it's a matter of when, not if, with Will yeah. Weaver. Will that maybe not be this year? Maybe. Maybe we'll be back with the Sydney Kings. But we know he's on that kind of trajectory. And we wait to hear further word out of OKC. Did you touch on It basis? is extremely difficult with so many other coaches
2: as former head coaches or probably current head coaches that just may have lost their position with the, with the team in the NBA Mm -hmm. and may still be of service. It is extremely difficult to crack a head coaching position anywhere, Mm. let alone in the NBA. So again, just because he did not get picked doesn't mean he wasn't good enough. It's just, it's no different than an NBA player trying to make a roster doesn't mean you're not good enough. It's the right time and an opportunity. So again, I said it a couple weeks ago, I said it last week, he makes it to the league. That's great. If he doesn't, that's great because he's still here with Sydney Kings and the value and experience that he brings carrying it over into this season, NBL 21. I wouldn't like to see him not with the Kings this season based off of the work and the unfinished business from last season to carry over this season.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, there's, it's a win-win either way, really for, for us, right. As, as yeah. observers, because if he progresses from the NBL through to the NBA, terrific. That's a great result for, for our league as, as a development ground, not just for players, but for coaches, we've seen it happen before and to see it happen again would be great. But, you're right. I mean, you want to see a coach kind of grow with it with a team. He's put in place some things, he's he's signed some new guys that are part of the reason why they're there is to play under Will Weaver. So for us, it's win win. For him, I think it's probably win win as well. You know, it's a great situation. Is he enjoys himself in Sydney? But geez, you'd love to see anyone like, like Mitch Creek last year, like, like uh, Will Magney, you know, these guys that have big dreams of the big leagues. You love to see those, those people, if they've put the work in to reap those rewards. Uh, the NBA and there's been some chatter and discussion
0: been reported last four or five days as well. December twenty-two. Like this is this is a date that's been floated. Now it's not confirmed, but the, the talk is and from pretty well placed sources as well over the last four or five days is that the NBA is looking to start around the December twenty two mark and be done and dusted by the Olympics. Okay. So that, that is great news. We've we've gone in deep in depth into that from a boomer's perspective.
1: Yeah. And- hey, I told you boys.
0: <laughs> I told
1: you, I'm not gonna believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Until it's in the books. Now, Talk about feeling good. How good is this news? This is great news. There's still don't be in the Okay,
0: downer. you're right. You're right. It's not the week to try and
1: this diminish is, the excitement. This is all right. up, mate. Finish that thing before the Olympics, roll yeah, yeah. our group out, win a medal. Let's go get the, the what the, the, the gold one. Mm-hmm. Mate awesome news let's make be able
0: to happen. celebrate with a beer either way it does of course change uh not just the boomers but does it change i'll start with you first Liam. does it change does it does it change recruiting does it change of course we, we're sitting around we, we mentioned jock landale you know a couple of weeks ago players who uh i guess if you if you have a look at um jonah bolden's another one as well these guys who have sort of been hit, sitting around waiting for the nba does it change do you think the possibility of certain imports or players playing in the nbl compared to
1: waiting and, and giving a crack at the nba Yeah, it's a fascinating situation, you know, like you, uh, we've we've never, we don't see this, we don't see a situation where the NBA season starts before the NBL season. And, you know, you mentioned those Aussie names and how things play out for them, but, but also within the import realm, you know, we've mentioned a, a number of teams are waiting before they sign their import spots and well before our season will start those training camp cuts will have happened and, and those guys will be, will be cut loose that'll be looking for opportunities. So um, it, it is an interesting one. And I think a lot of GMs, head coaches, CEOs around our league would have paid particular interest to that and said, oh, hold on, we're waiting. Maybe we should keep waiting to see how that all plays out.
0: Thomas, so you've been in a situation, obviously waiting and, and looking at jobs all the rest around the world. How much does he change it now?
2: I mean, it doesn't change. It still plays in the hands of the MVL. If you don't have your import slots locked in, you continue to wait, you know, to give give a guy who you may be interested in signing that opportunity to follow his dreams, to potentially make an NBA roster. And if it doesn't, you have time still left to sign a player who who may get cut. So, you know, you just got to continue to be patient. Plus, you know, with Europe and everything going on, it's it's going to be a shit show in Europe, to be honest with you, because the second wave mm. is coming. Spain already just announced a state of emergency. Italy is coming with different restrictions. Um, it's 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 going to be exactly that. So there's going to be guys that you may not think you have had the opportunity to get in that price range because they might be priced out mm. of the range that will be available and want to play somewhere safe. So the MBL is definitely... Will be in the driver's seat this season. Uh,
1: the one one of the guys that one of the names that we're very familiar with who it falls into this kind of category is, of course, Scotty Hobson. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about on numerous <laughs> occasions with uh, on this show with regards to the Brisbane Bullets or maybe Melbourne United. Um, the jungle drums are telling me, I know it's early, we're talking about when they make their training camp cuts, but the jungle drums are telling me that his agent is still in communication with NBL teams that that communication is very much continuing to take place and I flagged before that that you know Scotty loves playing in the NBL and if he's Mm -hmm. not in the NBA this is well and truly a place where he wants to play and I found it interesting to hear during the week that that conversations with his agent and NBL teams are are happening again what teams
2: I spoke to Scotty Hobson yesterday. Go on. Oh. we go. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I'm not going to say anything yet. It's way too early. Oh, but come on, I mean, You mean, can't give us it's that. It's pretty much still along the lines of what Liam's saying. Mm. You know? He loves this league. Mm. Somebody give you know? me some teams. Somebody he give feels, me some teams. He feels. I mean, how many teams... Come on. Come. I have import spots left, Cam. Play what, the so- process of elimination. Yeah, okay, so
1: you want us to take your hand and walk you <laughs> through it like like, so, so, so I
0: So <laughs> I'll put this on the record. Scotty Hobson is talking to every NBL team that has an import slot, yes?
2: Look, you dress it up how you like. All I'm telling you is this.
1: You do what you want to do, Cam. Okay. Right. Oh, God, God. I believe that's yes, then.
2: that if it does not, again, if he makes it to the NBA, same thing like Weaver, fantastic. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. he doesn't and he ends up in the NBL, fantastic. The top, there was a three-headed monster for me as far as the top three players in the NBL last season. He was one of them. You know, we know Bryce Cotton, we know Scott Machado, and we and him. So for him to come back here, he would be confident, and I think he'd flow even better because, like anybody who had success their first season in a league. Mm. They know the league, the league knows them. He knows the key players, the referees, start to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I believe if he comes back, he'll have an incredible season. So, you know, here's the wishful thinking.
1: Corey, were you um, were you chatting like Chapel Street? Were you talking like restaurants that you think he might enjoy in Melbourne? <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> Oh, it, it was just more like uh, him studying right now in uni, taking courses you know, for life after the game, he's starting to think about that while in the game, Mm -hmm. which is extremely smart. And most players don't do that. So we was vibing on that level as well as, you know, potential opportunities his way, you know, gave him a little bit of advice, personal advice in life. And, you know, just the type of mindset he needs to have in terms of decision-making. So, you know, that that's what the conversation was really about.
1: Mm.
0: Some nice cafes in the heartland, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. Well, uh, we, uh, we did, uh, Cam, uh, speak with Sam McKinnon yes. on NBL Rewind recently, right? GM and Mac, the ball man. And the ball. If Sammy Mack, if Sam McKinnon, if he pulls that off,
2: was playing in this era, Ooh. he would be in the league. He had everything. I came into the league in 07. And he played with Brisbane Bullets. They had a crew. I think they won it that year. That was the year they went bankrupt or they won it the year before. Right? Mm-hmm. And they went bankrupt. ABC, the children, you know, the whole Eddie – what is his name? Eddie Groves, I think. Mm-hmm. They went That's bankrupt. That. But anyway, never mind that.
0: <laughs> Thank
2: you. <laughs> he had game. Like, there was nothing he couldn't do. Athleticism, body build, could handle a pill, make decisions as a point – he's a point forward at the three. Mm-hmm. Super strong, dumb athletic, could shoot – He'd be in the league. If he played this era, he would be in the NBA.
1: Yeah, he would have the same question mark as he did at the time, which was, can he knock it down consistently if left open? You know, it's the same question mark that's surrounded Mitch Creek and over the course of the last few years and and his attempts to not make the league, he's made the league, but to kind of establish a, a, a consistent spot there. I think it would be the same thing, but, mate, hell, a game. I think it would be the
2: same thing. I don't think it would be the same thing. He he could make decisions like a point guard. He's a point forward from the three. The wave right now is Australia. This is a hotbed for talent. Whenever something becomes the wave, people will give you more of a look because it's the hot thing. That's what happens. There's plenty of guys in Europe that went to the league that wasn't worthy of going to the league, but because... Europe was the wave, let's give the guy a look. Now, can he play in the league year? Will he stick? That's up to him, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But I believe if he played right now, more of this free flowing area and not, okay, he needs to be a two or he needs to be a three.
1: He's Mm. a baller, you know, he's a baller. And he's now the GM of basketball at the Brisbane Bullets. He's all good, that's what's up. and he's uh, moving and shaking in the recruiting stakes. And uh, we flagged Scotty Hobson to him. And he said, he'd be great. Right, so you, you can guarantee those conversations that are, are taking place. There's a couple of teams, Cam, that, that need a small... <laughs> yeah, Cam, we'll a walk you teams. through the depth charts
0: after the show. Why are you walking through for everyone around the country? Uh, <laughs> let me just put it this way as well. After all the grief you gave me last week, if you boys hang around for yes or no... <laughs> well, we got gorge on. We might not have We might not have time. <laughs> Hey, I'll push quarters next week, mate. <laughs> I was up all night last night. Uh, hey, hey, interesting comments from the commish about an NBL possible second league. And not we're not talking NBL one, talking, of course, a situation that runs at the same time as the NBL season. Now, uh, we'll see. There's the comments there. He went on Fran Fischilla's, um podcast. And there's a couple of interesting things to say to the commish, but oh. we might start with this as you, as you have a look at the quote. How, how about this? How about a second-tier league while the NBA is on, NBL is on. So, it runs concurrently, very similar to if you're an AFL person, the AFL and what is the VFL in a normal situation in the state leagues. I'll start. And I'll start with you first, Thomaside, because of course the NBA and the G League runs very similar. It's probably a better example than using the AFL. What do you like of this idea?
2: In order to be the best, right? In order to be the best player you can be, who would you have to emulate? The best out that's out there, correct? Yep. Right. So why not do what they do? Mm -hmm. They mean in the NBA. And I think the NBL has done a fantastic job doing exactly that. And actually doing it so well, they've actually outdone the NBA. For example, the Next Stars program. It made the NBA handle their business and begin (laughs) keeping the players on U.S. soil. So that goes to show you the way this league is moving. Now, as far as sports in this country on the junior level, it's the most participator. We know this. The junior program in this country is one of the best in the world. We know this. Why not have have a have a league like that? That what you do is you can keep homegrown talent here, and outside of that, what you do is develop and get them ready the next level by playing in a farm league that's what you should do if you can do there's enough players here that love the game so why not begin to implement a system like that
1: sure makes sense it does um i want to start by shouting out the commish i like i like how he's just going on on podcasts with heavy hitters and and dropping news um, it's what you can do when you're the commissioner, am I assume. Sure. You sure can. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting because for a long time, um, we have been elite in this country at junior development, right? Our programs right across the country, our junior coaches, our kids come through and they, their, their, their skills, their knowledge of the game, their basketball IQ get really well developed. And then there's always been this gap this period of time when they reach like under under eighteens, under twenties, and as a result, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids year in, year out, going over and playing college. But that's not the right fit for everyone. No. And we so often see um, kids coming back. You know, you see Will Mag guys of Will Magnate come back. And you know, you see, you see Debala didn't, you know, way back when didn't spend very long over a college like <laughs> People, Harry Froling didn't have great experiences at a couple of schools. So to give these players an opportunity to play here year round as they're coming up and through, and we see like a guy like Will Magnate, what playing at the lower level did for his game. Well, those players at NBL one level who during the NBL season, maybe they don't want to go to college or they want to keep playing and maybe it's not, you know, uh, they don't have that other option. A, a, a situation like this could be a really good look. Yeah, I, look, I, I don't know if this is
0: in fact possible, but like the NBL one continues. And it, Liam and I, you've had a, we've had a fair bit to do with it and, and, and been able to watch it grow and, and where it sits is great. I, I don't know if it's possible to do this going national nowadays. I don't know if each and every year the, the top because you got to link them up with NBL clubs. I think for this to work, it's got to be linked up to the NBL clubs, of which we'll have 10 in 12 months' time. Yeah, maybe every state has. The best team they're all seated and just through that nbl season they link up so if it is so if Kilsyth win the men's nbl one they of course straight up link with southeast melbourne phoenix and it can be a farming situation because your best player might not be able to play in the in the nbl one in the summer because they might be playing in the nbl but i think that gives an incentive to nbl one clubs around the country to maintain that high standard in winter and continue to have something to strive for because if you get to the end of the year Then you've got a summer program. You got to go out, and I don't know the best way about it because I think you're putting maybe too much strain on NBL clubs if you're just going to say, "Hey, you need to contract 18 guys over the summer."
1: Yeah, it has to be done the right way. I'm just spitballing here, hmm. but I like, I I love the idea of it. I think back to um, years back, where um, certainly in Victoria they had the VBA competition taking place on a Wednesday night, and the NBL guys would all play there, and you'd see opportunities for younger players who aren't getting a lot of shots or a lot of burn on the weekend with their NBL teams, they can get out there and, and play a bunch of minutes and get a bunch of shots up. You know, like look at a guy like Sam McDaniel yeah. or, or a guy in Brisbane, like Tyrell Harrison, like um, kind of like Anthony Fisher during the week, during the NBL season, be able to get involved in those games, put up some big numbers and make it rain. I,
0: I, I like it. I that. agree. But that is first, that's, that's, that's the NBL one in the winter. The big thing is the thing with the VBA, which you and I both played in, is that you didn't have to get, get on a plane and travel. So financially, then the, the riches go up because the the only way this is going to work or be a possibility is that every club or every state has representation over the course of the of the season. So th- that, that's going to be the big thing. That That's going to be the big thing to be able to make it financially work. The idea is unbelievable. I love the idea of it. It's just finding the right way. And you're right. The theory is correct mm. because the old VBA, that, like, and, and sometimes you'd see, unfortunately, it happened to, to me when Gaze and Copes and Bradkey came down for a run and dropped 190 on us, and <laughs> it was horrible. It was the worst four quarters of our lives. But in saying that, like, yeah. that is that is great in so many different aspects. It's just being able to find that right balance. Mm. I, I like it. Oh, Just on that podcast as well, the continual talk that, you know, Fran dropping that he expects RJ Hampton, or his hearing, to be a top 10, to be in the top, not just a lottery pick. But in the top 10 homicide, of which we spoke about a fair bit last week.
2: I mean, what's awesome about this draft is unpredictability. So they're just going to start basing it. Mm-hmm. I feel about the top five. I mean, anybody can go, which is my opinion, because you don't know who's actually going to be able to get picked and whose skill sets is going to transition. So you have to go off of what you actually know about this player. I know this young kid came to the NBL, played about half the game, averaged this many points against pros. I'm taking a guy, a young man, that's played against men before I'm taking a guy that's played against kids. If I'm going to just pick after that, if you could pick whoever, I'm going to pick a guy that played against pros. That's how I believe he's going to get into that top top 10, top 15. Because you don't know after the, the, the top five,
1: you do not know. Yeah. I mean, it was it was interesting to hear him say that he, you know, Frank Frochilla that he expects RJ to be a, a top ten pick. I mean, he was talking about seven, eight, and nine, which is I mean, I hadn't heard much of that with regards to RJ, but this is a guy with a lot of years of experience of evaluating talent and and he knows the NBA draft inside and out. And he also He's watched, he's a keen observer of the NBL. I mean, he's watched, he watched RJ right throughout that journey. So we flagged it last week. His his arrow's pointing up, is impressing in the pre draft process of what pre draft process there is right now. And um, it's exciting times. I want to
2: explain something, right? Here's my thing. There's a lot of draft experts that have never seen this league. Is this league a world-class league? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. We know this because we cover it. That's why we can talk about this league in depth. They don't cover this league. So how can they talk about something they don't know about? They can't. Uh, Can you talk about NCAA in depth right now, all of those teams that's division one? No way. Right? Me neither. So they have more knowledge about the competition over there. Some of the best teams in the NCAA cannot get their ass handed to them in this league. So how can they talk about what they don't know? That's why I throw it out the window in terms of when we're talking about a RJ Hampton or Mellow Ball. Like they can't tell us about a grown man's league. Yeah, I know that this can your game, if you do well here, as young as they are, their games will transition over into that. I don't know about that with NCAA. A lot of guys are just playing against guys that they're just completely better than. And the other guys are scrubs, scrubs, no skill set, just athletic. And that's it. And just run the floor. That don't mean your game is going to transition. You getting open dunks. How are you getting your buckets? Who are you playing against? You get what I'm saying? That's why I say it's going to be a toss up. So when you hear an expert like this, who's saying that, they are staring, watching the NBL. is because he knows.
1: Yeah.
2: He knows. That's why he can say. This guy's going to go 8, 9, or 10. Look, I'm, I'm an old school kind of guy. What we used to say when a kid is good, let's see what he does against man. That's how we rate him. We don't rate a young talent against what he does against kids his age or one or two years older. Come on, man. We don't do that. That's why RJ has a chance to go top 10.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, it's tricky because some of these guys who haven't yet shown what they can do against men are going to do some really good things. Yeah. You know, and that's what makes it a little bit tricky. You've seen some have that opportunity. You haven't right. seen it with others. So, you know, it's a, it's a tricky thing. But and in the end, it doesn't really matter what number these kids go. What it matters does, is what work matter. they do, what situation oh, it does they land in, it does who matter. they become. Oh,
2: it matters because I tell you this, you can be, a you and I can have the same talent. If I go number 30 and you go 10 or 15 or 20, who do you think is going to get more opportunity for error? Oh, it matters. matters. You're not going 30 and I go 15 and
1: you have more room for error than me. No way. I I hear you, but this is one of the, this is why I really believe in RJ because- Mm -hmm. I feel like he's wired the right way and he's gonna put in the work. So, whereas, okay, you're right. Maybe the margin for error is smaller. Whatever margin of error he's given, I think he's gonna excel because he's gonna put in the work and I like the way he thinks about the game. I like the, the support he has, especially from his old man. I think a lot of the pieces are right there in place for him to succeed, whether he goes seven, eight, nine, whether he goes somewhere in the lottery, or whether he slips a bit, you know, and he goes, and people sleep on him a little bit, I still feel like he's going to have a really good NBA career. All uh, right. Before we get to yes or no, Tom Overcrombie, of course, it's such
0: a weird balancing act because we're trying to work out a way where we can safely have, of course, travel New Zealand would be the perfect example and then be able to have home games for the breakers. But it is looking, in particular early in the year, that the breakers like the New Zealand Warriors did in the NRL. They might need to come and base themselves in Australia for a little while. And Tom McCrombie got a young family and, and that's understandable that there was maybe a little possibility of him not joining the breakers. But the good news is Liam, that he said last couple of days that he will be here and part of that breakers team. And uh, they're going to be good. We all think they're going to be good. They've put together a roster that we're excited to see. No doubt. They are really psyched to get this going, but Tom McCrombie, who was great last year. And this is hmm. great news that he said, Hey, even if it's on the road for a little while, and I've got family, which is of course the number one priority, I'm going to be in Jersey.
1: It, it is, it is. Although, can I say, I can completely understand where he was coming from. Hundred percent. You know, like, uh, mm. and and not just his personal, individual family situation with with the young ones, but but I'm sure you know I could understand that from all kinds of players around the league and their own individual circumstances. We know from other instances, the NBA bubble. What, what happened with, with AFL and those players, like it's a, can be a really, really difficult thing. And, um, but you're right, that, is, that New Zealand team's gonna be really, really good. And I think if any team is waiting with bated breath to hear about wh- how it's gonna look and what they're gonna need to do, it's them. They're in a, a you know, a really yeah. unique situation. I also thought it was interesting during the week to hear from Matt Walsh, good article from Mark Hinton over there uh, uh, in New Zealand. And him saying, look, I'm so committed, I am, so, don't you know, this has been a tough year, it's gonna be a really tough year for us, no matter how it plays out in terms of um, revenue and the like, but he's like, I've moved my family to New Zealand, I'm so psyched about the future of this organization and I'm locked and loaded and ready to go, which was, which was great to hear because I'll, the owners, I mean, we don't think about this maybe enough, but our owners around the league, you know, God bless them, they, they, they've been dealing with a tough economic climate mm-hmm and to hear that they are locked in and loaded and ready to keep going is, is great news. Listen, Absolutely.
2: with a team as stacked as his team is, he should be locked and loaded and ready to pop off wherever. On site, you got to come to Australia, you got to come to Perth, wherever he got to go. With a team that's stacked, I'm sure he's hyped. Now, Tom Abercrombie, he is such a huge part to what they do. It is very, very Great to hear that he will be traveling with the team and you know doing whatever he has to do to play his part. But, but uh, New Zealand man, that, that team is stacked. I look forward to seeing how they put it together on court and uh continue from where they left off last season.
0: Anything else, Liam? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, oh, go- go. yo, we we got gorge? last week, Liam, Let's Liam, you are funny as hell, man. It's last week. I looked at that old man photo of Cam.
1: <laughs> oh, for real? You see what I see? I'm, I'm going to update that I photo. photo. Like
0: the, the old filter
1: on his I, face. I, I couldn't. Oh. I
0: couldn't, obviously, because I've been socially distancing and, and, and stuck no. in the house.
1: And aging. I couldn't go. <laughs> I
0: couldn't go. I couldn't go and get my graphic designer to redo it. I was just checking something on Brian Gorgian, who will join us. All right, hang on. Liam. Yes. In the last two years. Uh Uh-oh. Have you been offered a role at an NBL club? Yes. Corey. Prime Corey. Prime Corey. This is prime Corey. All NBL. No, playing prime Corey. All NBL first team in
2: 2020?
0: 100%. Yes. Okay. Will Trevor Gleeson, Liam? Will Trevor Gleeson be on the short list for the Boomers coach? Yes. Will he get the job? Back to you, Liam. No. Did you ever discuss a role with the Hawks homicide? No. At, at all? They didn't come Why? up in conversation?
2: Do you not understand? What part of no don't
0: you understand? Just making sure, making he sure. Like he feels like he's bringing the heat right now. If, <laughs> Will, if Will Weaver, Liam, if Will yes. Weaver does end up in the NBA,
1: yeah,
0: is Rob Beveridge a chance to coach the Sydney Kings? No. Did you speak to Scott Machado this week, Corey? Yes. Did he inquire what it's like to live in Melbourne? No. Has he signed the Cairns? I don't know. Did he suggest to <laughs> you he'd spoken to a Melbourne based team? No. Did Southeast Melbourne or have Southeast it's Melbourne it, leave? <laughs> have Southeast <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> Offered Scotty Hobson. Is there a a contract on the
1: table for Scotty Hobson from Southeast Melbourne Phoenix? Well, it's yes or no, but I'm going to borrow an answer from Corey. I don't know. (laughs) This... this, 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 Just so aware, just for people playing at
0: home. So if I bring the weak yes or no, which I take all controversy and criticism on the chest, they're happy to answer yes or no. When I bring the real thunder... There's all of a sudden other answers. That was the thunder? Was that the real thunder? (laughs) Ah. I've got two more things up my sleeve. I don't want to waste them all this week. Okay. But I have got something next week that could threaten to blow NBL overtime apart. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. At NBL, hit us up. Now, boys, as I just touched on in yes and only and dodged answers, I am working on something. I'm cooking something behind the scenes. In fact, it's so big... I'm actually going to zing out of this. I'm going to go chase it now. Brian Gorgian, the legend that he is. And of course, on that shortlist when it comes to the Australian boomers job and now back on court in an mm-hmm. NBL sense with the Hawks. So I'm going to leave you two boys to have a chat to the legend. Will I zing out and work on this? Yes or no, NBL overtime could blow up next week. Story
1: that I've got to get to. Liam, take it. Here he is, the GOAT, the most successful coach in NBL history, Brian Gorgian, uh, in charge of the Hawks this year and straight off the practice court. What's going on, man? Uh, It's
3: great. You know, it's uh, nice to be back on the court and it's nice to coach without an interpreter. That's the first (laughs) two things that hit me. uh, (laughs) Saying something and knowing. that A lot of times it's not what they want to hear, but... uh, a lot of times in China, I think I'd, I'd say stuff, and the interpreter would be saying uh, maybe something a little bit different. Like <laughs> this guy's nuts. Don't listen to him. You know. So uh, it, it's nice. It's nice to be working just just straight out. It's
1: been um, uh, end of
3: the place. Really nice place. Really easy lifestyle. Uh, everybody's friendly. You got the beach. Coming from Southern California, uh, this is a great setup.
2: So with, I see you have Cam Barrister that was on the court today, his first workout. How's he looking?
3: Yeah. Um, you know, we got a lot of, uh, uh Corey, we got a lot of guys that, um, it's been interesting. The young guys are very, very, very athletic to, to what I've, I've been coaching just really a lot of lively long length bodies. And, uh, the thing that stands out to me about cam right away is he knows how to play. You know, he knows where to be off the ball. He knows how to play pick and roll. He's played in Lithuania. So it's, he asked me questions that I don't know what he's talking about. You know, like, uh, you know, set the pick and roll out of there. Well, do you want me to short roll? Do you want me to reverse pivot and come up? I. He's 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 been well coached and uh, really highly skilled. And uh, so he's going to be a really nice piece for us. And uh, everybody talks about the injuries and in the body, but he seems... Uh, you know he seems in good good uh, condition I think he's on the up from all of that from when he was in Brisbane so really excited and he really adds we need that experience because we're young
1: but I imagine it's a bit of a tricky situation you don't know exactly when the season's going to start you don't have all your bodies on court what have you been doing on the floor this first week out there with the guys that you've had well, you
3: know, we're, we're just right through the organization. We're, we're, we're all new, you know, you don't, you don't know anybody. Nobody knows, you know, the, the systems and getting the systems in place. Just, just even how we operate, you know, uh, how the physio operates, how the doctor operates, how we do the weights, where we do the weights, you know, where we train at, what are the times? Um, so just, um, getting things in place, it's, it's and, and now, now you take it you know me from an offensive standpoint, I'm not just going to come down and get to the point we're going to run stuff and move that thing around before we run pick and roll or before we dribble penetrate or before it's going to be system-like. And uh, to do that with young guys and a mix of guys that have never been and still are arriving, um, it's full on right now, really. So we've been breaking an offensive motion down and we've been spending about 40, 45 minutes a day on that and then uh, obviously pick and roll defense side and middle defensive transition and then a lot of skill work in the afternoon so for me um you know it is a long way away but it's really if we we're going january 15th and that's what we kind of have in our mind regardless that's that's it's not that far when you look at this and so uh we're we're, uh, we're full flight with the guys that are here you know just like. Just like uh, when I was here before, like twice a day, morning and then some shooting stuff in the afternoon and then waits three times a week and I give them the weekend off to freshen up. Speaking of guys
2: uh, not knowing when guys are coming in and guys are just coming in, out of quarantine tomorrow is a big key and a big piece of your team, Dang Adele. He said on Liam's podcast, he wants to be defensive player of the year. What are your expectations for this young talent?
3: You know what? That's the first thing I heard, Homicide, Corey. I was like, I heard that and you know me, I lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> so the first thing I'm gonna say to him is that's not BS brother, we're on about that and uh, we want it too. And uh, you know, I was really, I've, every, every, all interaction with him has excited me because he just seems like a guy that um, is really hungry Um, I saw the interview he did with you guys. Um, Not only is he talented, he's a great athlete, and uh, he's going to be good on both ends of the ball. But I think he's going to add a lot of personality, a lot to practice. I think it sounds like he's competitive. He's energetic. He wants to win. Um, he's, He's got a little bounce to him and uh you know you get guys like that on your team when i was you know years ago with parky you know you had a guy like that that, that that joked and made everybody's life a little bit better and he seems that kind of kid not only with the basketball but i think again um you know you, you look at we've got the the three guys coming from america to come in and you bring that in and uh you know, it's. I, I think he makes the difference of us being competitive with those teams like Perth United, New Zealand, or not being. I think he's that piece.
1: Gorgeous. So you uh, took a trip to the steelworks during the week. <laughs> what did? What, what did you take away from that experience? Uh, just you know,
3: uh, it, it, it's the steel. It's it's the hard hat. You know, and, and you see where it comes from. You know the the, the steel mill and. Uh, you know, just not only there, but just trying this is a small community. So if you can get, I always think of, you know, when I was an American, my dad was at UNLV, how Tark had, you know, the, that, that small, that Vegas, all those people behind the team. Mm. And you can, you know, go to a restaurant and touch, you know, and Dory is really good at that, one of our owners. So we've really been, you know, the people at the car yard, the people at the restaurant kind of touch them and make them Hawks fans. And uh, as I've gotten older, I have really realized, you know, I did it when I was younger, it was a lot of school clinics, you know, mm-hmm. you do that, try to get the young guys to the game. For me now, it's trying to touch those business people in the community and the pillars of the community and the steel mill is is Wollongong is mm. a Bilawara. so getting that and the people there behind the team and. Uh, you know, I, you can really tell that, that, that they that they really want a good basketball team and they want a team that's going to play hard.
2: And speaking of that, there's a coaching vacancy right now and your name is written all over it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. This boomers coaching vacancy. What are your thoughts on that? Have you been given it thoughts to where you can step back in this role? You know, you're more than you're more than, comfortable and able to step into it. But what are your thoughts about this position?
3: You know, um, I guess the, the the again, me where I'm at, it was never, in when I first I, I did the national team for two Olympics, it was never something that was my goal. You know, I mean, it's, you know, like I know as a player, you never think, you know, I, I'm playing to be the MVP. You're trying to win the championship. And you're trying to do your job. And what you do well and with that came the national job and my experience with the national team um, when i walked away from it, it again in all the coaching i've done and everywhere i've been um, the most meaningful um, games that i was involved in was representing australia at the olympics so I, I look at it and i've always said if if uh and again when i came here and Will- it was never in the picture never something i was thinking about but if I was tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, man, we need you. Um, you, can, you can help us in this situation or help us now. Um, I'm in, you know. Um, but, again, it's, it's not something where I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm, I'm coaching this, I'm working this, and it's, I, I look at the national team as like military duty. You need me right. um, in any form. Be you know, if it was an advisor or if it was go up there and watch a practice or rebound a ball. Um, you know, I, I, I love it. you know, I love the national team and uh, I love being a part of it. And I'll finish with, um, you know, one of the, my, one of the funnest things or the best things in my time in Australia was when I was with China and I brought my team over here for 50 days and we went around and played all the SEABL teams and we were stationed there and the coach came up and tapped me and said, Coach, Australia plays America this, this week, USA, can you, can you get tickets? So I called BA and I got the whole coaching staff picked up and taken to, you know, the, the, game. It was the one, it was the one they won. And I'll never, I mean, I haven't been to a game. You got to for, for 11 years in Australia. So I get there and I walk wow. in, there's 50,000 people there. And you can, I, am sitting in an area because I was the, uh, an ex coach or what I've got the badge on where I can go get a wine, get a little, little (laughs) cheese and some, you know, and I'm so up there talking to everybody and seeing all these people, Newley, Anderson, people I haven't seen. And I'm sitting there and I look behind me and I can see all, you know, all the stellars of the, you know, I've been here since the seventies the peoples that coat, you know, the, the Lorraine Landons, the Derwins, the, you know, uh, Lauren Jackson, all the pillars of the basketball community, all the way up to the root. They're sitting in that section behind me. And Newley's on this side, Anderson's on this side. We're yapping away, watching the game. I'm like, uh, Patty hits that shot.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I kind of stop, I turn, I go,